God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may your name be hallowed. We look forward to the kingdom of God the Father that will be fulfilled in heaven and on earth and in the new Jerusalem. And we want to put our hope in the word. Help us, Lord, to see your glory in the word by giving us wisdom and understanding through the Holy Spirit. Please help all the members of this church to wear the full armor of the word and not be deceived while living on the earth and overcome the spiritual battles so that they can all stand out as soldiers of the cross. And like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, help us to overcome the world by fully trusting only in you, Lord. We give thanks and pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's continue with Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 through 43. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold, and after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. The head is gold, Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonian empire. The Babylonian king reigned for about 70 years, from 606 to 536 BC. And when Daniel said, Thou art this head of gold, this also describes Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. However, verse 39 says, There will rise another inferior kingdom to Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, trickling down all the way to the fourth kingdom. So in other words, the king and the kingdom are described as same and along at the same time. Daniel chapter 7 verse 17 is a scene where the four beasts rise out of the sea. Concerning these beasts, the Bible says that these four great beasts are four kings who will arise from the earth. 
In Daniel 7, verse 21, the fourth beast will become the fourth kingdom on earth. We'll come back to this later. The image's chest and arms are silver. These are the kingdoms of Medes and Persia. Historically, it was the Median king Darius and King Cyrus of Persia. Iran is the descendants of the Persians. And modern Iranians are attempting to bring back the old Persian empire through their nuclear programs. They are delusional at best. The Persian Empire came and went as their glory now only remains as ruins. All these kingdoms were once led by dictators. They were all ruled by kings. Ultimately, the Middle Persian Empire also fell to Alexander the Great of Greece. It was destroyed 330 years before the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 32 says the belly and the thigh of the image are brass. Earlier, Medes and Persia were silver. But now this kingdom is brass. Daniel in verse 39 states that another third kingdom of brass will arise and rule the world. And as prophesied, Alexander the Great rose to powers. And as he was more of a military minister than a dictator, he became the monarch as the military minister ruling over a province. Alexander started in Macedonia and traveled around the world as a dictator of world dominance. But he did not rule the entire world. So just like that, brass is inferior to silver. Alexander was no match to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was called King of Kings. But our Lord Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, in all caps. Not only did God allow Nebuchadnezzar to wield enough power back then to be called the King of Kings, but God also utilized this king and the Babylonian Empire for his purpose. Again, Alexander... Darius and Cyrus are nothing compared to Nebuchadnezzar. However, Babylon the Great reappears during the Great Tribulation. That's why in Revelation, Apostle John wondered with great admiration. He marveled at the mysterious reappearing of Babylon the Great. Although Kingdom of Greece lasted about 100 years, Alexander himself died at a very young age. After his death, the kingdom was divided into four. We will study this again later. Verse 33 shows the iron legs of the great image, showing that the fourth kingdom will be as powerful as iron, breaking everything into pieces and conquer in its path. This is Rome. We know through history that Roman Empire rose up as world power 100 years before the arrival of our Lord Jesus Christ. Rome never had a successful dictator or military dictatorship, but rather Republican monarchy. Again, Even Caesar is nothing compared to Nebuchadnezzar. With the introduction of the Senate, even the mighty Caesar himself had to heed to the advice of the Roman senators, thus weakening his authority. So these two legs represent Iron Rome, which eventually split into the East and the West. In verse 33, the image's feet are now part iron and part clay, representing the final kingdom and the end of the world. As for what kingdom this is, verse 41 tells us, And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And just like that, Rome is now divided. What happened after the Roman Empire dissolved? They blended into Europe. Even the ancestors of the United States migrated from Europe. After all, America is also a nation of clay 
and iron just as Europe is. Some European nations are very powerful, while some are very weak. Countries like France and Germany are powerful. However, Greece and Spain are not so much, and they are not so far from becoming a third world nation. Take a look at USA. Some call it a melting pot, a nation of iron and clay. Contrary to its name, people within the United States cannot be combined with each other. Whites, Asians, Hispanics, and blacks all live together, but truth be told, they don't really mingle or mix together. They are like grains of sand, and it's just like the Bible says. Through this, you can see that we live in the era of the ten toes, all sorts of people living together. What a troublesome and chaotic nation the United States has become. That's not all. Every nation around the world have integration of many races due to millions of immigrants blending in, causing many problems and issues. Therefore, it is better to recognize the kingdoms corresponding to these ten toes as ten kings rather than as kingdoms. The book of Revelation tells us about the ten kings. Revelation 17 verse 3 says, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. These ten horns represent the ten kings, connecting to the ten kings of Daniel. Revelation 13 verse 1 says, And I stood up on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. This beast is the Antichrist. It has ten horns, ten crowns upon his ten horns. The first ten kings are established. However, the Antichrist later pulls out three of them and becomes the full-on dictator. Revelation chapter 17 verse 11 and 12 And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. So there were seven, the eighth will arise among the ten horns. They'll rule for just a short time, one hour. And then the Antichrist will appear like little horn, and he will take control. Therefore, in the book of Revelation, the ten horns are the ten kings, and they are waiting to receive authority of the kingdoms. And these kings appear to have a very close relationship with one beast, the Antichrist. So upon seeing that we have arrived to the era of the ten toes of iron and clay, you can realize we are near the end. In Revelation 13 verse 1, we see a beast, a man representing a kingdom rising out of the sea. This sea is the Mediterranean. Let's skip forward to Daniel 7 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, divers, from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. The kingdom that corresponds to the mixed iron and clay toes of the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw is the beast in Daniel's vision that had great iron teeth. It is about Rome, the coalition that will emerge in the future, a prophetic word about the rise of the Roman Empire, but 
not the old empire, but a totally different Rome. This is about the Antichrist with the Ten Horns, as he has some relation to Rome's involvement of this future empire. Among the Ten Horns, a little horn will rise, becoming the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 7 verse 8 tells us about the little horn. When we say Rome here, this is not necessarily only about the Roman Catholics, but refer to a group that has all the elements of the Rome. Therefore, if you look at Europe or United States, these countries have all the attributes of the ancient Rome. The proud white race who are the majority of the rulers these days. Matter of fact, many of the white people are running United States. Rome was the last great empire to dominate the entire European continent. Today, the mental, cultural, and ideological foundation of Westerners became the foundation of Rome. That's why these powerful elites are the descendants of Rome, which have become the foundation of Europe and including United States. However, there are the weak, the minority, as there are the terms the majority and the minority. This is the mixture of iron and clay. Daniel 2 verse 34, Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, break them to pieces. A stone appeared suddenly, hit the image and shattered it into pieces. But the stone has not been cut by hands. It wasn't man-made. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen out of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. The Lord is the living stone. The Lord becomes the head of the church as a living stone. That's why church members must be born again by the Holy Spirit and become lively stones to unite with the Lord, thus becoming an holy priesthood. Moving on to 1 Peter 2, verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Then in verse 8, 1 Peter 2 verse 8, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. This is an offensive living stone, a stumbling block unto the people. Those who believe in this stone and receive life become lively stones. But this living stone is a stumbling block unto the unbelievers of Jesus Christ, who were offended. The Pharisees and Sadducees tested the Lord. Then unable to answer a single word, they stumbled and fell. These people were not saved. To those who do not believe, it is stumbling stone and a rock of offense. To them, it's annoying to hear people preaching them to believe in Jesus. And what happens if they don't believe in Jesus? They'll be offended and will fall into hell. Even now, our Lord is testified through lively stone Christians. However, everyone who still do not believe in the Lord, like the religious people of the past, the Lord becomes a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. By the way, where did this stone strike? Not the head, not the arms, but the feet. The stone struck the image's feet. Also, the stone doesn't break the legs. The stone did not destroy the Roman Empire. It struck 
the ten kingdoms that appeared later after Rome, which is the ten toes. This is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. This is not about the rapture. It is the second coming of the Lord at the end of the seven-year tribulation, which is after the rapture has already taken place. In Revelation chapter 19, when the Lord appears on a white horse with his saints, is when the stone comes down from the heavens and strikes the kingdoms of this world. This all lines up with the book of Revelation, striking the feet and toes, which are part iron and part clay. We can see here that the last world alliance is mixed with Rome in some sort of form. It is not the historical Roman Empire. It is not the time of the first coming, but this is pointing towards the second coming. We know for sure this is the event of the second coming as the living stone comes down to strike because Daniel 2 verse 35 says, Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer, summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Once the feet are struck, everything from gold to silver, brass, iron, and clay crumble down. How could the metallic image crumble like this? Only the Lord can make it possible. No matter how strong a kingdom may be, it cannot stand before the judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just broken into pieces, but ground like a fine powder. It became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away. John the Baptist said, whose fan is in his, in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire in Matthew 3.12. At the Lord's second coming, the nations of this world will become chaff and the remnants, those who believe in the Lord, will become grain. As gold, silver, brass, iron, and clay are all gone without a trace, Psalm 37.10 says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. It was the same in the days of Noah. No one was around when the floodwaters dissipated, except for Noah and his family. That's why the Lord said, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In Matthew 24 verse 37 coming of the Son of Man is the second coming of Jesus Christ on earth. So, just as Noah and his entire family took over this world again, we can know through the Bible that God's children and God's people will take over this heaven and earth. People don't understand this right now. To them, it's unimaginable how all things will collapse into pieces like this, how the entire world was flooded out during the days of Noah. How will the whole world disappear like this? Of course, this is all nonsense to them. However, when our Lord, the living stone is incomparable, is to a nuclear warhead. Kingdoms of this world will become like chaff on a summer threshing floor and be blown away by the wind. There will be no trace of where it went. Only the stone that struck the image will form a great mountain and fill the whole world where the Gentile kingdoms once stood. What are these stones? Lively stones that came down with the Lord, the saints who were raptured, and also the remnant who believed in Jesus and kept the commandments 
During the Great Tribulation, Jews and Gentiles, countless people of many languages and nations, dressed in white, which was washed by the blood of the Lamb, these people will make a great mountain. They will fill the entire world. Isaiah 11 verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. This is about the millennial kingdom. Only the living stones, not the dead, will cover the world, and the whole world will know the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17 verse 3. Only those who know the Lord and have received eternal life will fill this world, and the Lord will return and rule the entire world. Last but not least, Revelation 11 verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The seventh trumpet is the Lord's second coming. Then the last trump, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, this is what you hear when you are raptured. Because the last trumpet is always known as the seventh trumpet, many people don't realize about the rapture. Therefore, at this very time, the Lord will come, and all the kingdoms of the world will now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will not reign, not only for a thousand years, but forever and ever. The Lord will reign for a thousand years, and he will go back to the word. David will reign Israel and all the Gentile nations. The saints who were reborn by the Holy Spirit in current age of grace, the raptured saints will govern as much as they work for the Lord, those who gain 10 pounds, 10 cities, 5 pounds, 5 cities, and so forth. And the unsaved people of the current world calls us crazy for believing in this. But they're crazy too. They're crazy about this world as we are crazy about the kingdom of God, which is invisible to their eyes. People who only believe what they see are bound to be crazy about that. Although it is not revealed only with the Holy Spirit, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit can we foresee the kingdom of God within us, the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the spiritual kingdom of God. However, when the Lord comes, that very kingdom will physically appear in the heavens and on the earth with, and we'll be able to see it with our eyes. The Lord said, unless a person is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Those who are not born again yet can only believe what they see. They won't be able to enter that kingdom. That's why many people worship in the church, but only a few are born again and await for the coming of the Lord. Those who do not wait for the second coming of the Lord do not see the kingdom. In other words, they are not the living. They are not the lively stones. Only the lively stones can live looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ, the true living stone, will appear. I hope for all members of this church and everyone listening to be like that. And when that happens, we become of one mind. Then when we meet, there's nothing left to talk about. Nothing left to talk about this world. That's because the Lord knows everything and will take care of all things. And that is why, only in that hope, when the saints share the word during the fellowship, the weak will hear the word, and they too will be born again through prayers. 
So churches with lively stones do not hold meetings, but pray. Therefore, this should be a church with true fellowship of saints. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God. Today we have seen the connections between the books of Revelation and the same words which are found and recorded in the book of Daniel. Thank you for allowing your words to be spoken through the mouth of many people, proving that all are the words of God, giving us confidence once again today. May all members of this church and everyone listening in become the lively stones. Also, Father God, please help Christians living scattered all over the world who hear this very word enjoy the blessing of forming a great mountain as the lively stones when they come down to this earth with you. We thank you and pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.